Get your Bibles with you. I'm going to be in 1 Samuel chapter 30. I'm going to look at the first 15 verses of 1 Samuel chapter 30. First Samuel, chapter 30. Please hear this public reading of God's word. Now when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day, the Amalekites had made a raid against the Negev and against Ziklag. They had overcome Ziklag and burned it with fire, and taking captive the women and all who were in it, both small and great, they killed no one, but carried them off and went their way. And when David and his men came to the city, they found it burned with fire, and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. Then David and the people who were with him raised their voices and wept until they had no more strength to weep. David's two wives also had been taken captive, Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spoke of stoning him, because all the people were bitter in soul, each for his sons and daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. And David said to Abiathar the priest, the son of Ahimelech, bring me the ephod. So Abiathar brought the ephod to David, and David inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue after this band? Shall I overtake them? He answered him, pursue, for you shall surely overtake and shall surely rescue. So David set out on the 600 men who were with him, and they came to the brook Bezor, where those who were left behind stayed. But David pursued, he and 400 men, 200 stayed behind, who were too exhausted to cross the brook Bezor. They found an Egyptian in the open country and brought him to David, and they gave him bread, and he ate. They gave him water to drink, and they gave him a piece of a cake of figs and two clusters of raisins. And when he had eaten, his spirit revived, for he had not eaten bread or drunk water for three days and three nights. And David said to him, To whom do you belong, and where are you from? He said, I am a young man of Egypt, servant to an Amalekite. And my master left me behind, because I fell sick three days ago. We had made a raid against the Negev of the Cherethites, and against that which belongs to Judah, and against the Negev of Caleb. And we burned Ziklag with fire. And David said to him, Will you take me down to this band? And he said, Swear to me by God that you will not kill me or deliver me into the hands of my master, and I will take you down to this band. So as we come to our congregational prayer today, the idea is we want to use this passage from 1 Samuel 30 as a springboard to help us pray today. And I know this may seem like a unique passage of Scripture to use with lots of strange names in it for a congregational prayer, and I would grant you that. It is a unique passage, but I think there are some things in this passage that will help us to pray. The first thing to note is David and his men returned to Ziklag, where they had been living for some time. And they find the city burned with fire. The wives and the children are all gone, and they weep. They grieve. They weep until they have no more strength left in them to weep. And then this, this weeping begins to turn to anger, perhaps, with the men. And they, these men all of a sudden start talking about stoning King David. Well, David. So how would you respond? Put yourself in David's shoes for just a second. You have returned to the city where you have lived. The city is burned with fire. Everything is gone. The children are gone. The wives are gone. And you have been weeping until you have no more strength left. And all of a sudden you hear people talking about stoning you. How would you respond in that situation? Look how David responds at the end of verse 6. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Isn't that beautiful? David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. So I would ask this question. When we are facing trials and difficulties, fears, anxieties, worries, pain, whatever it may be, are we strengthening ourselves in the Lord our God? Are we strengthening ourselves in the Lord our God? Well, the second thing I would say is, 
Well, how in the world do we do that? How do we strengthen ourselves in the Lord our God? Well, I think the text gives us at least one clue. The very next verse, verse 7, David says to Abiathar, the priest, he tells the priest to come, bring the ephod, and then verse 8, and David inquired of the Lord. So one of the ways we strengthen ourselves in the Lord is by turning to the Lord in prayer, turning to Him, pouring out our souls before the Lord in prayer. This is how we strengthen ourselves in the Lord our God. So as we come to prayer in just a moment, whatever may be ailing us at this point in time, we, would, we should try to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. We should pour out our souls before God. As Mark has said, pour out the dirty cup of water in our souls. Another way we strengthen ourselves in the Lord is by reminding ourselves of the promises of God. We pour back in the crystal clear water of the promises of God, and that's how we can begin to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. But there's a second thing I think we can pray about based on this text. So the the Lord responds to David at the end of verse 8, pursue for you shall surely overtake and shall surely rescue. Now here's the thing. David and his men, they take off after this band of Amalekites. Here's the thing. David doesn't know that the Amalekites are the ones who have come and raided them. They didn't leave a calling card, hey, we're the Amalekites and we did this. They have no idea that the Amalekites did this and they have no idea where they have gone, but they are in pursuit. The Lord has promised that they will find them. So they're not sure where this Amalekite band is and they are in the pursuit of them, but on their journey, they, I would say, happen upon an Egyptian who has been basically left for dead in the open country. Look at it in verse 11, the very beginning of verse 11. They found an Egyptian in the open country and brought him to David. He hasn't had anything to eat or drink, it says, for three days. So he can't even speak for several verses or a few verses. They give him food, they give him water, and then he's able to speak. But this guy becomes the key piece for David and his men to finding the Amalekites. What we see here in this passage is we see the providence of God on display that we can rush past this and we can miss it. But one commentator Dale Davis said this. He says, no theological bells go off at verse 11 in order to announce Yahweh's providence to you. You are expected to suspect it on your own and to hear its quiet work. It seems like such a little providence, finding this puny Egyptian. But little providences make big differences. How true is that in our own lives? How little providences God has used to make big differences in our life. Maybe you happen to, to leave a meal after over there in the gym and you come out and you happen to walk with somebody you haven't seen in a while and just in that one little conversation, that person encourages you with just the right word that you were needing. A little providence that led to a, a big difference. But I think of providences from people that led them to come to our church. I think of Jose Rodriguez, the little providence of placing him in the same lab as Manuel Fierro and ultimately building a friendship and the little providence of Manuel simply inviting Jose to come and then he was converted up here in the second row when Mark was preaching one Sunday. That was a little providence that made a huge difference in his life and that's happened multiple times or the little providences that have led people here and ultimately they found their spouses in this church. It's happened multiple times. So maybe as we go to pray, simply thank God for his providence in our life, his purposeful sovereignty in our life, and maybe some cases have popped into your head that you can give thanks to God for. So let's strengthen ourselves in the Lord our God and let's give him thanks for his providence. I'll give you a few moments to pray silently and I'll close this. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, I am, I'm thankful for this passage of Scripture uh, from 1 Samuel 30. Uh, I'm thankful for David's example in our text. Uh, he grieved until he had no more strength. People talked about stoning him, but he strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Father, may we learn from David's example here in this passage. May we, when we're facing trials, difficulties, fears, anxieties, worries, may we be quick to strengthen ourselves 
in you. Help us to be quick to turn to the throne of grace. And yes, Father, obviously we cannot call Abiathar over to our house to come in our time of need, but we have the true and better Abiathar. We have the Lord Jesus Christ, the great high priest who's passed through the heavens. He's not unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, Father. So I pray that we would come boldly to the throne of grace. And any time of need, I pray we would be quick to come and we would be quick to remind ourselves of the promises of God at the throne of grace. But Father, I'm thankful for this example of your providence in this passage of Scripture. This puny Egyptian that they happen upon on the way becomes the key piece for them in terms of finding the Amalekites and returning all their wives and children and possessions to them. So Father, I just pray that we would be, our eyes would be open to your providence in our lives, your purposeful sovereignty in our lives, and help us to be thankful when we see clear indications of your providence at work in our lives. So I'm certainly thankful for, for the providence of God, your providence in Manuel and Jose's lives, and just putting Jose in that lab. And that little providence led to his conversion. Other people in our church, similar things have happened. We're little providential things. Even Caitlin Cato, who's now Caitlin Wood, it was the providence of being in the lab with Grant Crane and the conversation there that led her to this church, a little providence that led to her conversion. So help us to be more thankful for your providence in our lives. And Father, as we continue to worship, I pray we would worship in spirit and in truth, uh, that our worship would honor you. And I pray for Mark as he preaches from your word that you'd use him powerfully and we'd be attentive to your word. And we ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.